Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Today we have a crazy nuclear revenge story about getting somebody locked up. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I set my ex-boyfriend's gaming room on fire. My boyfriend has always been a nerdy dude. When we met in college, none of our friends and roommates ever thought we'd make it because we were very different from each other. I was a girly girl and still am, obsessed with makeup and pretty dresses. My boyfriend, on the other hand, was a nerdy engineering student. He was at the top of his class and made a lot of money from tutoring his peers. I was the exact opposite. In fact, the only reason, or perhaps the strongest reason, I did not drop out of school was that my boyfriend would always talk me into not giving up. College was never what I wanted. Left to me, I'd have spent those years doing something else or learning a skill like hairstyling, but my parents would not hear of it. They had already put up a college fund for me and they were not going to use it for something else. I appreciate their effort and went to college to make them proud. My parents were never really rich or anything. We only had so much money, but I'm their only child, so they were determined to make sure that I had an education, so it was only right to appreciate their sacrifices and go to college. My boyfriend and I met at a party and we hooked up on that same night. Yeah, it was a one night stand sort of thing, at least it was supposed to be, but we changed course. I went with my roommate who was a sophomore to a party that her boyfriend and his roommates organized. I was very overwhelmed because it was my first college party. I had spent the first three months not attending any parties and focusing on learning the academic ropes, but seeing so much alcohol, too many people, and loud music intimidated me. Are you okay? I heard someone yell from behind me. I turned and saw the cutest guy ever. He looked nerdy, but he also looked hot. He had his stereotypical nerd glasses on and his eyes looked magical underneath the glasses. Hi, I said awkwardly. Somehow we got talking and dancing. This isn't my thing, he said. What? I yelled over the music. I'm not a party person. You don't seem like a party person either. Oh, I love parties. I'm just not feeling this party. We went out for some air and I ended up going upstairs to one of the bedrooms with him. When we were done, he walked me back to my dorm room in silence because my roommate had left the party and I couldn't return alone. I didn't see him, nor did I think of him again, until one morning in the library. He smiled and waved and I did the same and hurried away. The last thing I wanted was a forced conversation with someone I had a one night stand with. I had a test the next day and was struggling to study for it when I felt a warm hand on my shoulder. I turned and saw him, the one night stand dude I'd been avoiding. Hello, I whispered as we were in the library. Hi, I was hoping we could talk. I was filled with dread. It was my first time doing something like that and I felt guilty about it the next morning. Yes, we used protection and all of that, but I still felt bad because doing that with someone barely two hours after meeting them was not something I usually did. I had decided the next morning to simply take responsibility for my actions that I considered irresponsible and moved on from them. But my action was right there, standing behind me and wanting to talk. I was immediately defensive 
If he thought I could be his booty call or something, then he thought wrong. Okay, I said and stood up. As I got up from where I was seated, I couldn't help noticing how cute he was. He was just a few inches taller than me and he had a handsome face and smooth skin. So I was thinking he started when we went outside the library to talk. I don't think so, I interrupted. I had assumed that he was trying to get a repeat of what happened the weeks before and I was not having it. He said, what? Can you let me finish? I said, look. I looked around before going on to make sure no one was listening. What happened between us was a mistake. That wasn't me at all. There is no way we are doing that ever again. Hey, slow down, he said, putting his hands up in surrender. I don't want a repeat of what happened. I was going to ask you out. I wasn't sure what he was talking about, so I paused for a bit. You mean on a date? Yes, on a date, he replied, looking at me suspiciously. But we don't know each other, I stammered. Yeah, see, that's the entire point of the date. Okay, I said, and we exchanged phone numbers. I walked back into the library happy that he wanted to talk to me again and that it wasn't just the hooking up part that intrigued him, but I was also skeptical because I wondered if he only wanted to take me out so he could hit it afterward. On our first date, he was the sweetest gentleman. I kept waiting to see if he'd ask me to go home with him or come into my dorm room, but he didn't. He kissed me on the forehead and left. Still, I wasn't sure about him. I thought it was another elaborate plan to get me to sleep with him again. I kept being very suspicious even after we'd been on our third date and he'd assured me that he liked me. I felt so insecure about everything that we didn't hook up until our fifth month together. My friend and roommate were amazed that he waited that long. If I were you, I'd keep him forever, my roommate had said. I smiled and told her that I intended to keep him, and I meant it. I didn't have to be told that my boyfriend was my Prince Charming. He was the one. He treated me like a princess. He was super smart and intelligent, and he had good looks to match, too. Also, I never wondered whether he was cheating. I just knew I could trust him, and he never made me feel like I couldn't. Well, not until he cheated. My boyfriend started cheating when he met some dumb gamer girl. You see, my man is all about technology and video games. He was heavily invested in video games. He loved video games so much that he had numerous opportunities to make money from it, but he refused to. He kept saying that making money out of it would take away the joy. Despite his refusal to make money from gaming, he unwittingly made money from gaming many times. Immediately after college, we moved in together. It was something we both wanted, and we knew we were going to get married anyway, so it made sense. My boyfriend talked often about having his own gaming room. He wanted a huge setup with the right lighting and top-of-the-art technology in that room. I knew nothing about gaming, well, except that I compete with it for my boyfriend's attention, and thought setting up a gaming room would cost a couple of thousand. But when he decided to know the exact amount everything he wanted would cost him, and had it written down, I was shocked. Are you having a commercial gaming center? He smiled and looked away. I thought spending that amount of money on a gaming room was ridiculous, but I never brought it up with him because it was what made him happy. I've learned to respect what my man wants and not complain about how much it cost us or how that would affect our finances. He never complains about how much I splurge on shoes anyway, and I spend a lot of money on designer shoes. My boyfriend had always been open about everything. His finances, where he went, with whom, what they were doing and all of that. I never had to ask him anything, but I soon noticed that he was not giving information as freely as he used to. 
I had to bring everything out of him. I'd ask him where he'd been, what he was smiling about, how long he was staying out, and many more questions. It was tiring having to ask questions, especially since I was used to being offered this information freely. I knew something was up. I sensed that he was cheating, but I didn't have proof. Many times I got tempted to just ask him about it and see if I was right, but I'd hold back. I didn't want to be wrong and then accused of not trusting him. I also didn't want to be right and he'd just deny it and gaslight me, so I patiently waited for proof. And one day, the proof I wanted fell right on my lap. My boyfriend and one of his gamer friends were having a conversation, and the friend mentioned a girl's name and how she'd made a lot of money from gaming. My boyfriend smiled and said he knew her. You do? The friend asked, looking at my boyfriend with what seemed like admiration. Yes, we played a couple of games together. She's really cool. I wonder what she looks like. You know, I've heard her name so many times, but I don't know what she looks like. Oh, she's hot, I heard my boyfriend say. She's very attractive and she gets it, you know. His friend said something in a whisper and they both giggled. Then I heard my boyfriend say, We text all the time. She's a software engineer. I suspected at that point that she was the girl my boyfriend was always texting. He may have been sleeping with her or he'd do so very soon. When I walked into the living room with the chips I'd gone to fetch for my boyfriend and his friend, I noticed that my boyfriend still had that boyish smile on. He had been blushing and I knew it was because his friend brought her up. I had to know how far their relationship had gone, so I went on his social media pages and searched for her name. I saw her page and went through it. She didn't have a single picture of herself on her page, but she had pictures of different video game graphics and checks from the bets that she had won. Despite the absence of a picture or video of her, there were different guys in her comments showering praises on her and even saying that they wished their wives or girlfriends were into video games as much as she was. I saw my boyfriend comment on some of the pictures she put up. They even argued on one and ended with what seemed like flirting. I decided to not think too much about their relationship. They were probably just gamer buddies and he'd been thrilled to meet a girl who was into gaming as much as he was. She also lived in a different state so that put my mind to rest. I was genuinely happy when my boyfriend decided he had saved enough and could finally build up the gaming room of his choice. He was so excited that he refused to order the equipment he wanted that he chose to fly out to get them. I had gone to visit my parents when he returned, so he made all the arrangements while I was away. When I returned and saw the gaming room and how happy it made him, that made me very happy too. Though I still don't see why he spent so much money on setting it up. I soon figured out why, because our home became the hot spot. All the guys wanted to come over to ours so they could play and compete in his gaming room. I stopped thinking about the other girl because he was no longer as sneaky as he was and the texting and smiling stopped too. I figured the novelty had worn off and he was finally back to his senses. I was very wrong. I found out eventually that my boyfriend had flown to her state and they had shopped for the equipment for his gaming room together. I got to know this when he traveled for work. I even drove him to the airport that morning. He forgot to leave with his phone and that was how I became very sure of all that was going on. Well, he went over to her state to see her for the second time and I got to know when the hotel called his phone to talk to him about some of the offers available for couples in their hotel. I pretended to be the woman he was with and asked them for more details. They mentioned her name as his girlfriend. 
I was pissed. In my anger, I searched our home for more information and found out that they'd been seeing each other all along and he'd traveled to see her again. Setting his gaming room on fire wasn't really my first revenge plan. I had gone to his gaming room and angrily started to smash screens. When I was done, I panicked at what it would look like. Everyone would think I was crazy if they knew about what I did, and he'd never forgive me if he knew I destroyed what had cost him so much money. So I panicked, lit a matchbox, and let the entire place burn. While it burnt, I went to the living room waiting for the fire to be all over the room before I called for help. When I noticed that the fire was spreading, I ran out to the next building and called for help. I felt very guilty about what I had done. I also felt stupid because the fire could have gotten worse and burned the whole house down. I felt so bad that I decided to stay with him and not end our relationship. He cheated, I set his gaming room on fire, and we were even. To this day, he has no idea that I did it. Whenever anyone asked about what happened before the fire incident, I would lie that I was asleep and I'd taken some medication to help me sleep because I was having trouble sleeping. That was a lie I knew I could get away with because I struggled with anxiety for a while and had to use medication before I could sleep. Thankfully, I never heard about the gaming girl he met online again, and he stopped being sneaky, so I guess the relationship came to an end when he returned home. This was a roller coaster ride that gives you guaranteed 100% whiplash, the way this story just whips you around. After all that, you went to the lengths of setting your house practically on fire, and because of the guilt, you now stay with the person that caused you to do that? And they're so confident that they're not cheating anymore just because it's not obvious? Maybe that means like it worked out so well that they're going even more secretive. That said, our next story is, I arranged for my colleague to be locked up in the supply store while he was supposed to be at a promotion interview. People often mention how some men get very sour when you reject their advances. I hadn't had that experience until I met my coworker. He made my first year in the law firm horrible for me. I had such a hard time at work, but I eventually got my pound of flesh and it was exciting. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. My coworker is the textbook definition of a sore loser. He was crazy about winning, even in petty things, and whenever he lost, he would get so upset about it. I had not met anyone like that before and after him. I got a job offer at the law firm just right after I finished law school. I was excited to work there because the firm was a top law firm in the city, and they're known to have top dogs as their clients. It was also a law firm where your growth as an attorney was guaranteed. 
If you were good at what you do, you got rewarded for your hard work. It was that simple. I had gotten other offers from law firms and my uncle had told me to expect them since I did very well in law school. What I was not expecting was an offer from the law firm. Many fresh lawyers apply to the firm so I assumed they'd just select from the pool of people who had applied. I considered applying but I wasn't even confident enough to apply. My family was excited for me when I got the job. My mom even baked a cake and had her signature creamy butter icing on the cake. My brother got candles. It was a beautiful way to be celebrated and I couldn't wait to start work at the firm. My hopes were dashed the minute I walked into the firm. It was beautiful and big. Nothing like the law firm where I'd interned in the past. It had big white walls and properly and corporately dressed people too. Everyone looked serious and only the receptionists were smiling but even their smiles looked stern. I wanted to run out and drive back home. I considered it for some minutes and then remembered what my brother had said to me when I broke the news of my employment offer to the family. Try not to feel intimidated, he said. Intimidated? What do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean, my mom quizzed. My daughter was among the top 50 students in law school. He said, I'm just saying, it's a whole new game out there. My mom rolled her eyes while I thanked my brother and assured him that I'd be fine. Well, it was my first day and I was not fine. I did feel intimidated by the large number of people walking around, carrying files, their shoes and heels clicking. Hello, I heard someone call behind me. I turned and saw a young woman wearing navy blue pants and a white sweater. She was visibly pregnant. I know you, she said, frowning. I smiled faintly, confused about what to do. Come with me. She took me into her office and asked me to sit. She told me that her office will be my office and that it was her last day of work, so I was her replacement. I'm having a baby, so my husband and I decided that it would be best for the child if I quit. I nodded. That was all I did as she showed me around and took me to meet some people. I had already signed the paperwork and mailed it to the firm, so there wasn't much paperwork to do. She said I was going to share my office with one of the junior partners who had been around for two years. He was on leave at the time, so I didn't meet him until two weeks after I resumed. When I met him, he was very friendly and nice. We got along very well, but on occasions, I noticed how aggressive he got. Mostly passive aggression whenever he didn't get his way or whenever another junior partner was entrusted with a case over him. Even when any of the senior partners praised me, I noticed how he'd frown and look upset. I also noticed how he sucked up any senior partners and tried very hard to get into their good books. Sometimes he would even badmouth other junior partners whenever a senior partner walks into our office. He did it very subtly and even though I didn't agree with his conduct, I never took it seriously. Our colleague's relationship was doing just fine, until he asked to have a drink together after work one Thursday. At the time, I thought he just wanted to hang out for a happy hour as colleagues do. I had no idea he wanted me to go out on a date with him. If I had known that he was asking me on a date, I would have never have agreed to that. We went out for drinks at a bar close to the office and I kept talking about work because of course I had no idea that it was a date. We talked about different cases, the country's legal system and injustice. When it was time to leave, he turned to me and said he hopes that on our next date, we would talk about personal stuff and not about work. I was stunned because I didn't want to make things awkward by telling him that I didn't know we were on a date. I'd love to do this again, he said, before we parted ways that night. It was so hilarious that I'd misunderstood him that I spent an entire hour laughing about it with one of my friends from law school. 
I just hope he was being polite about seeing you again. Dating someone from work is not something anyone should do, my friend said. Oh, he won't ask me out again, I assured her. He was certainly being polite. Why would anyone want to go out with someone who only discusses work? Was that all you both talked about? Civil rights? I laughed and said yes. The next morning was a Friday, and I was hoping my colleague and I would simply put that evening behind us. I said hello to him that morning and sat at my desk to work. Do you like movies? He suddenly asked me. Yes, I do. I regretted telling them that the minute after it came out of my mouth. Would you like to watch a movie together on Saturday? I wanted to tell him that I didn't think it was a good idea to date a colleague at work, especially because of the kind of job we both had. I wanted to tell him that I didn't know he had asked me out, and that the drinks we went out for were for a date. I didn't want to embarrass him, so I agreed, and he smiled and walked away. My friend was upset when I told her, I don't think this is a good idea at all. You don't want to start up any problems for yourself at work. Trust me, why not just tell him? I said I don't know what to tell him, it's just too embarrassing. She said if you had told him that you didn't know it was a date, he may have been embarrassed but he'd move on quickly. You may have thought the first time was a friendly outing, but you can't say you didn't know that going to the movie is a date. Fine, I'll just call him. I called him that evening just after I'd gotten off the call with my friend and told him I wanted to cancel our plans for the next day. I was in the middle of telling him that I didn't think dating a colleague was something I could handle when he hung up. When I saw him on Monday, I tried to talk to him about the phone call, but he interrupted and started to talk about a case we were both working on. I thought, oh good, he wants to go back to just being colleagues. That was good. So we talked about work and never spoke about the events of the weekend again. I started to notice my coworker's aggressive behavior toward me when all the partners were in a meeting and he stood to talk about a case we had both worked on. He spoke only about his contribution and neglected to mention how much work I put in for the success of the case. I was pissed because I knew that acknowledgements like that were important if I wanted to come up in the firm. It was also the custom for the senior colleague to speak when they and a junior colleague had worked on a case, so I couldn't stand to defend my contribution. I wanted to confront him about what had happened in the conference room when we returned to our office, but I decided against it. I think he's still sore about what went down. Maybe I need to give it time, I said to my friend when I was telling her about it. I don't think so. A professional should always separate facts from their feelings. And since you contributed to the success of that case, you deserve to be acknowledged. My friend wanted me to confront him to avoid a repeat of what had happened, but I assured her that there was no need to. I was sure that he would never repeat that, but he did. Not just once more, but twice. I was miserable at work because I couldn't talk to him about what he was doing. It was glaring at that point that he was deliberately trying to establish the idea that I was a disposable partner. When I confronted him, he looked me dead in the eye and then looked away. He didn't as much say a word to me. After the confrontation, it got even worse. He would neglect to mention the research I made and the briefs I wrote but instead mentioned how he was assisted by me readied the desk for our brainstorming. It was frustrating and nobody would ever be willing to listen to a young female lawyer complain about being dominated by my male colleague. One day, I decided to take the risk and talk to a senior partner in the firm. She's a woman, so I just figured she'd understand. It's a jungle out there. You can't keep running to people when someone's trying to intimidate you. This is in high school where you go running to the principal each time you encounter a bully. I was perplexed. 
Are you saying you don't believe me? Who said anything about belief, she laughed. Look, I believe you, but I also need you to understand that when things like these happen, you wear your big girl pants and handle it. I returned to my office, feeling dejected, and for the first time since I got my job, I cried. I cried for minutes in the bathroom and then decided that I'd had enough of my colleague's pettiness. The firm was interviewing all of the junior partners for the position of a senior partner that had opened up, and only junior partners who had been in the firm for more than two years were allowed to participate in the interview. I knew that was something my colleague wanted. He had shared with me the evening we went out for a drink that he wanted to be the youngest senior partner. He wasn't the best junior partner in the queue, but he definitely stood a chance and I planned to sabotage his efforts. I saw him pace around every morning rehearsing for the interview and preparing his portfolio. There were two interviews in total, and the first was a minor interview. It was done to reduce the number of final interviewees. On the day of the interview, he went out to what I guessed was the bathroom. I sneaked to his corner of our office and poured engine oil all over his leather chair. I patiently waited for him to come and sit on it, He was wearing cream-colored pants, so it would certainly embarrass him to walk into the conference room with dirty oil stains on his butt. That worked. The interviewers noticed his pants and were irritated. I heard one of the senior partner's assistants and a secretary talk about it. That wasn't enough to have him totally disqualified, but it sure cast doubts about him in the minds of the senior partners. When he returned to the office, I'd already cleaned the chair. From the way he looked at me, I suspected that he knew I'd done something, but he never confronted me about it. Before the day of the interview, I planned with a paralegal to have him locked up in the supplies room while the interview was going on. It wasn't difficult to have that arranged at all. My colleague was badly behaved and had lots of enemies in the firm, especially the paralegals. They hated him because he treated them horribly. The supplies manager had a special dislike for him because he'd been rude to her many times. We came up with a plan on how to get him into the supply store just before the interview started. I didn't ask her to, but she got one of the secretaries involved, and they succeeded in tricking him into the supply store. We didn't want it to be too obvious that it was planned. Nobody wanted to be in the middle of an action for false imprisonment, so the supplies manager volunteered to be locked in with him. For hours, they were both trapped in the supply store. She told me about how he broke down crying and that brought me and even her nothing but delight. The managing partners understood his situation and had another interview arranged for him the next day, but the decision had been taken even before that day. Getting trapped in the storeroom had gotten to him and he didn't perform as well as he would have if he stayed. I doubt that he'd have made senior partner if he attended the interview, but what had happened certainly contributed to him not being selected. I was happy that I messed with him just as he had messed with me, but the paralegals were even more glad. I can only imagine how cocky he'd be as a senior partner. We can't let that happen, the supplies manager said to me. My colleague eventually left the law firm, but that was before he went through so many tantrums about deserving the spot. Considering the amount of people who were willing to be fully complicit and on board with this, This person was clearly a major jerk and somebody you don't really want to work with. If you make that many enemies, I feel like you're probably going to be screwed in your workplace sooner or later. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. 
That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.